You are listening to Pigs in a Podcast, the official K-Pig podcast, featuring interviews with your favorite new and not-so-new pig artists. Here's Mick, the not-so-new guy Gray, guest hosting on a recent interview from our Neighborhood Night Wednesday Night series. Your radio dial should be locked on KPIG 107.5 Freedom, California, and KPYG 94.9 Cayucas, San Luis Obispo, and streaming worldwide, commercial-free, of course, at kpig.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Neighborhood Night. It is that time again. Every week, we talk to somebody around the world, whether they're in our neighborhood or in somebody else's neighborhood, somewhere around the world, and we talk to them, and this Neighborhood Night Thang is brought to you by New Leaf Community Markets, rooted in the greater good since 1985. Neighborhood Night is also brought to you by Sylvan Music at the corner of Mission and Bay for everything musical with friendly prices for every level of player. And don't forget about their repair department that's second to none. Well, let's bring in our guest, Mr. Charlie Mars. Are you there? I'm here. How are you? You just said that you're snowed in in Mississippi. We don't get to say that very much. Dang. Do you still live? I saw an article. Do you still live in that beautiful Quonset hut uh, on that hill in Mississippi? I'm currently snowed in in it as we speak. Well, at least you got a nice place to be snowed in in. I agree. That's a nice, nice, very cool place you got there. It's. It's unique, and it's cozy. Yeah. Um, You were born in Mississippi, right? Well, technically, I was born in Arkansas. Ah. But most, I I moved to Mississippi when I was eight months old, and my my family on both sides are, are from Mississippi and have been for many generations, so I... I hesitate to say that I was born in Arkansas, but I really was. You're you're a Mississippian for sure. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. and you've yeah. moved around a little bit. Are you live? Didn't you live in New York and Louisiana for a little while too? I lived in New Orleans for a year a few years ago, mm-hmm. and I lived in New York City for about three years. You are a veteran musician. You've been uh, tw- at least twenty years in the business. That's true. Um, you've uh, you're a, you're a singer songwriter. You're fabulous. Your new record um, we're playing quite a bit on uh, K Pig here, and it's really good. We have a we have a thing where we give away uh, CDs each week called Fresh Pork Chops, and you've been being given away each night, and uh, people are loving it. It's a pretty that, that, that that's the beauty of music. You make it you make it on a hill in Mississippi and. Next thing you know, thousands of miles away in California, if you're lucky, it you know touches somebody's life. Inspiring, yeah, that's what music is, man. It's an inspiring thing, and like you say, it can go around the world. Uh, your new album, Times Have Changed. We're going to listen to a little bit of that tonight. Um, uh, how did you get into music, and, and what? Who are your inspirations? Well, my grandfather was a piano player, and when I was a boy, he taught me my first, you know, few little things on the piano. And then when I was a teenager, 
I switched from piano to guitar because I fell in love with, you know, uh, rock and roll and singer-songwriters from the late 60s and early 70s and and uh, I wanted to do I wanted to do it. I played in high school bands, and that was really where I kind of learned how to do it from other guys in my town. I grew up in Laurel, Mississippi, which is uh, there's a show called My Hometown um, that is filmed in Laurel, Mississippi, where I grew up. Huh. And most people have never heard of it, but now when I tell them, they say, "Oh, it's the, it's the show, it's the TV show." And then uh, I went to college. When I was in my teens, I started writing my own songs. And then I went to college. And when I was in college in Dallas, Texas, I was in college with a guy named Jack Ingram. And he was a Texas songwriter just starting out. And he made an album called Beat Up Ford. And I thought, well, I have my own songs. And... Maybe I could make an album. And I had a Jeep at the time, and I sold it, and I used the money to go make an album, and I really didn't know what to expect, but it did well. And I was kind of in my last year of college, and I started touring on the weekends, and the album that I made uh, became a a real grassroots uh, success. And, you know, I was thinking, do I get a real job or should I? This seems like a lot of fun. <laughs> and and so I finished college and I moved to uh, Atlanta, Georgia, where I had a manager and um, he encouraged me to move there. And I was touring with a, a group of guys from college. Uh, at the time, we were called the Charlie Mars Band. And then we moved to Athens, Georgia. And uh, that's kind of how I got into it. I, and then as far as musically, I was really into Neil Young. Yeah. And Bruce, Bruce Springsteen, uh, especially like his acoustic record, uh, Nebraska. Yeah. And I loved Jackson Brown, um, all of his early records. Fantastic. And anybody, anybody from Paul Simon and loved Dolly Parton oh. and uh, Emmylou Harris. And, you know, I was, that was, I was fortunate enough to have an older group of guys that I lived in my town that I kind of looked up to. And they really turned me on to a lot of the music that, um, that stayed with me through the course of my, of my life. Yeah. You, you had, that's the, you know, you had the perfect, perfect, uh, influences there. I mean, gosh, all those, you could just throw them in a melting pot and, uh, you'd have Charlie Mars. Yeah, and it was a you know it wasn't a, a collect. It was also the time of, and it was a wonderful era for at the time. It was called college rock. Oh yeah, and you know it was REM and driving and crying. Oh god, and uh, you know bands like the Waterboys were a huge influence on me. Yeah, the best. And and so all those IRS records, I was I was you know, whatever that label put out, I would check out. And so it was kind of a mix of the kind of like the early version of indie music and a lot of uh, classic singer songwriters. Yeah. You mentioned drive, you mentioned driving and crying and Kevin Kinney, man, God, that guy's so underrated, man. People don't even 
talk about him that much out this way, but I know he's bigger on the East Coast. But driving and crying and Kevin Kinney, ah, so good. Yeah, yeah. And I was a huge Uncle Tupelo fan. Oh, man. And so that was my favorite band was definitely Uncle Tupelo. Damn. So I, I saw them live a lot and saw them in bars and was just a big Jay Farrar fan. Yeah, so influential. Song. Yeah, you get you get uh, Sunvolt and Wilco popping out of this one band, you know? I mean, God. Yeah, so I had a great, you know, uh, uh, all of my early stuff that I liked, um, I still like and still listen to and have tried to kind of incorporate uh there was a literary quality to a lot of that music oh yeah uh and and a lyrical quality and amongst my peers and i think it stemmed from a lot of those songwriters that i liked it was you know if you couldn't perform it live and play it live then what was the point and so you know we we, we learned how to play our instruments and over time, I, you know, I learned how to sing and, and was always working on, tr you know, trying to write a song that my friends would like. Right. Um, so that's a very long-winded answer to a oh, simple question. Hey, that's why we're here. We want to hear those yeah. stories. We want to hear the stories. Yeah. Um, another, I want to hear the story about how did it happen and, because you just mentioned R.E.M., but you end up opening for R.E.M. for a tour or so. I did. I opened for their... I think it was their last North American tour. Wow. Um, which, you know, it was like a full circle thing because they were also one of my favorite bands in high school. And my high school band covered a lot of their songs. Um, and we would play, you know, dances. And, um, you know, now my nephews, I asked them the other day if they had a band at their dance. They said, we have a DJ. And they thought I was, you know, silly for even asking. <laughs> but back in the day, we used to cover REM. And, <sighs> and then many, many years later, uh, I got on tour with them. What a, what a band. And, and there's another historic, uh, sound-changing, influential, you know, altering the, the direction of music they, in, in their time, what they did with it. Absolutely. I mean, just a... Uh, a very important American band. Yeah, you probably know my my friend Scott McCoy, who was who played keyboards for him. I think on that tour, he did. Yeah, he was. Uh, I did. I hung out with him every night. He's uh, yeah. probably one of the nicest guys in the freaking world. Yeah, <laughs> he he was. Yeah, I would agree. So, you 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 start making your own albums, and you. Uh, there, you know, there's something that happens in music these days that makes it easier for guys like you, for singer-songwriters, to survive. Let's say you're 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 just struggling through lots of touring. You're making you're making some money. You're making enough to get by touring and stuff like that. But then, I'm pretty sure something like this happened to you. A a TV show or something like that picks up one of your songs? What does that do for you? When a TV show picks up one of your songs, uh, it usually means a bunch of people are going to hear it. Uh, sometimes, you know, it has a dramatic impact, and sometimes it has, uh, you know, it's just kind of a blip. 
Right. And, and I've had both. <laughs> Which and, is, hey, you know, yeah, yin and yang you, right there. You get paid a little bit for it, sometimes more than a little bit, sometimes just a little bit. Yeah. And that always helps. That's, it, that's where it's I at. I find it for me, it's always kind of a, you know, when you're, when you're touring and playing for audiences and grinding every night, sometimes a song on a TV show or a movie or getting to open for somebody that's a much bigger act on a tour, it'll kind of put a little gas in your tank and, and, and it helps make it through some of the hard nights. You know, I think for me, looking back, that's, that's been what it is. It's just, it's just kind of one of those things that you think, okay, you know, I'll keep going. Um, cause sometimes it's hard to keep going. Yeah. I hear you. I hear you, man. I mean, this is, yeah. it's, it's a, it, it's not an easy business to make it in and, and then throw on top of it of the last three years with the pandemic and everything. It knocked you guys cold. It locked a lot. It knocked a lot of people cold, but for uh, performers that are making it off of traveling around the country, around the world and making money off of performances, you were knocked down. Yeah. Uh, like you said, it's not an easy business to make it in. And I think there's been many times in my life where, you know, you look in the mirror and you think, uh, am I going to keep doing this? And uh, so far I have. And uh, the, the, the pandemic, it, it didn't affect me that much. Um, I ended up doing a lot of uh, backyard parties. Uh-huh. You know, where people people would be outside, and, right. um, I just kind of did whatever I had to do to survive. And you know, uh, I had a lot of fans that were like, you know, I just I just did whatever to, to continue to play. And I also did a weekly online show. And Excellent. That was that was wonderful, and truthfully, it allowed me to to uh, I had been kind of going hard for so long that it was nice to be, you know, home and be around my community and my friends, even as strange as it was. And it, it, it affected the way that I, I, I've carried on since then, which is, um, I, I try not to, you know, life is short and I enjoy, uh, having a life outside of music. And I think that, you know, that time really showed me, I just readjusted some of my priorities. I think that's fantastic. I mean, out of out of something that was as tragic and as tough for for a lot of people, uh, that you found some positivity in it. That I like. I like your. I like your style, man. Well, I was. I just count myself fortunate. I'm. I'm glad that that period is, you know, for the most part behind. Yeah. And um, it was an it was a it was an existential time. Yeah, it sure was, man. Yeah. Hey, this album, times have changed. I want to play a song off of it. Um, could you tell me something a little bit about the song "Silver Dollar"? Silver Dollar. Um, there's a there's a song on the album called "Country Home," and I wrote that uh, in, that afternoon, and. The the and then that night I wrote the song Silver Dollar, and my neighbor 
had heard me get I have a big dog and he had gotten into a dog fight right down the road from oh. my neighbor's house. And my neighbor was standing in the in the bushes when I walked by his house and I, I said his name because I saw him in the bushes and he popped up and he had a big crossbow in his hand. Oh my God. And I said, Brock, what, what are you up to? And he said, well, I heard an echo in my holler and I just wanted to be ready. Whoa. And I, that phrase stuck with me that, you know, uh, that an echo in your holler could could be something that caused you to be afraid. Whoa. And then... What do you mean by that? What What is that echo in the holler? Well, he lives in the holler, like down in a... In a... In a... In a... In a like a valley? valley oh, a valley. valley okay. between two hills. Uh-huh. And when the dogs were barking, it was echoing up, oh. up really loudly by his house. What a phrase. And so it had scared him. And he didn't know what was going on. And so... I thought it was a poetic way to express, um, you know, fear. And then I sat down on the piano that night and I had that line and it says, um, it's, it, the song is, to, you know, is I wrote to my girlfriend yeah. and it says, when you hear those dogs in the distance, I'm your man in the tower. When you make a wish, I'll be your well. You can tell me those dark secrets you can't tell. If there's a fire in the pines and an echo in the holler, you got lu- you got lucky, babe, because I'm your silver dollar. I love this. That is a great lyric, Charlie. Uh, hold starts, hold tight. I want to play this song for everybody. Okay. K-Pig Radio, we're talking with Charlie Mars. Here is Silver Dollar. Just say yes Cause you know it's true And you knew it The minute girl That I met you You gave me a look And it's all together You shared your dreams And it's all forever If they wake you
Big Radio, you're listening to Neighborhood Night, and we're uh, talking with Charlie Mars. His new album, Times Have Changed, is latest, and that song is called Silver Dollar. Charlie, you still there? I'm here. Wow. What a song that is. I love that song. An echo in the holler. I'm proud of that one. It makes me feel stuff. I got chills up my spine, and when that happens, I know it's a good song. It made me cry when I wrote it. Oh, sheesh. That's, it's, that's good, man. I mean, that's something that, uh, that really, those kind of inspiring songs, and, and they're so, the, the emotion in that song, um, one of my favorite sayings is music heals, and that kind of music can heal. It really does. You doing any touring at all? I uh, just played a songwriter festival down on the Gulf Coast of Florida all weekend that had uh, Elvis Costello and Katie Tunstall and uh, Steve Earle. Wow. And, um, it was a really, uh, that was a cool event. It was 165 songwriters. Whoa. And then, and I just, toured all fall and winter up until right till the day before Christmas. So and you're taking a, you're taking a break now. Today I am. I mean, I can't leave the house, so I've got to take a break. <laughs> Fortunately, you, I've got I've got plenty of peanut butter and Will uh, you dog. Now, will you seriously have to dig yourself out? Is it that much much snow? No, it's really just everything's ice. Oh, that's terrible! You can't drive on it. You can't drive on. I can't. I, you can't drive on it. I mean, I can drive on it. Yeah. 
but I'm probably not going to. It's yeah. not very safe. I, uh. I drive a truck, so it's doable. Yeah. But I live out on a farm in the middle of nowhere, and it's a little kooky uh, to drive in the snow and ice. But whenever that warms up, I'll uh, I'll get out of the house. But to answer your question, um, I'm taking a little break right now, mm-hmm. and then I'll be out in the spring and the summer. But uh, all that's kind of just coming together. Anything? Any uh, talk of West Coast gigs? I haven't been to the West Coast in so long, and wow. I would love to do it. So oh man! Let's make it happen. Just keep, just keep that baby in heavy we'll, rotation. We'll keep playing then, this record, and next, yeah. And the next thing you know, I'll be out there uh, your way. That's but the way. Hey, you mentioned I love the West Coast. Yeah, we, there's a there's a lot of good, uh, lot of good uh, venues you could play out here too, man. Um, the last West Coast I tour I did was I opened for Katie Tunstall. Oh yeah. And and I originally met her in 2004 when I toured with her in Europe on the Black Horse Cherry Tree album when it broke. Wow. And so I flew into Los Angeles, and the first show was in uh, Napa Valley. And oh. so I went to REI, and I had a rental car, and I bought a single-man tent. And I, and I, it was like, it was about maybe 10 shows and but it was about two weeks and i camped out the entire two weeks and i all the way from napa valley all the way down to san diego california coastal camping i did and i drove i had never driven down the pacific coast highway and on my way uh back from on my way down from Napa Valley because we played Santa Cruz and yeah. we played some smaller towns and it was really some parts of California I hadn't seen before and um I camped out every night and in Napa Valley uh KT the first show she goes where are you staying and I said in a tent and she goes you mean you're camping and and I said, yeah, and she said it in a Scottish accent. Yeah. And she thought I was insane. <laughs> and so I said, it's really beautiful out there at my campsite. You should come out in the morning and go for a hike with me. And so she came out the next morning with her tour manager, and we went on this beautiful hike, and she was just like, wow, this is, you're actually right. This is amazing. That, that is. And the best site that I camped on, I was probably about, 20 miles south of Big Sur. Oh, that's some beautiful was, country. There was, there was a campsite. With, I saw some tents, and I thought, well, maybe I'll just pull in here. And the sun was going, the sun was about to go down, and I had the night off. It was a, it was a, a day in between shows. And when I pulled in, I said, hey, uh, I'm just traveling. You guys got a campsite? And, they're, and they said, where are you from? And I said, Mississippi. And they said, this campsite is booked six months in advance, year round. But we happen to have one cancellation. Whoa. And so I, I got this beautiful campsite right on the cliffs. I set up my single man tent. I went down to the water and watched the sunset and so I love California. Yeah, really there's good. there's nothing like camping on the coast, man. I live really near the coast, uh, near not too far from Santa Cruz area, and man, camping on the coast is just 
the best, man. In Santa Cruz, I stayed in some dumping motel, <laughs> and I a lot of I those. got I got a Coca Cola, and I went for a five mile walk, and I I ended up on the on on the cliffs, and where and I walked down and I watched all, at sunset all of the surfers surfing for like an hour. It's a that's a regular thing. I had never been to Santa Cruz and I walked all through like an amusement park. Oh yeah. With a, with a, uh, with a, with a roller coaster. Yeah. That's a famous, famous amusement park there. The Santa Cruz beach and boardwalk boy. Known around the world. One of the oldest, uh, roller coasters around and everything. So the joys of, of being a solo troubadour traveling around that's, those are, those are some of my fondest memories. Man. I'm so I'm so happy you were able to talk with us tonight. I'm so happy that um, K Pig is playing your your record here because because it is good, and uh, uh, I wish you all the luck in the world out there because it it's a crazy world we're living in. But you make it better with the music that you. I would love to see you live. I hope you come out here West Coast. I you don't have to twist my arm too hard. So. <laughs> we'll keep playing this. We'll get you out of here, man. Okay, friend. I appreciate your listening. I really do. I want to go out, let you go. Um, it's getting late out there, uh, but I want to play one more song. Don't you want to know me? You want to tell us anything about that? I was playing in a songwriter round at the Bluebird Cafe in Nashville. And at the time, my girlfriend was mad because I toured so much. And she's, and she's one of my friends that was making it just as a songwriter in Nashville. And so I thought, well, maybe I could just write songs with other people and, you know, have a career at that and not tour so much. And so I, I had... We played around at the Bluebird with Dan Taminsky. Oh man, he's great! Is the voice of Man of Constant Sorrow? Yeah, from Oh Brother Where Art Thou? And he also, for a long time, was in Union Station with Allison Krauss. Yeah. And so after we finished our round, we had a laugh, and I said, "Would you like to write a song with me tomorrow?" And I had never written a song in my life with another person. And the first song I wrote in Nashville with another person, which would go, I would go on to write hundreds, was that song. That was, that was the, the moment where you realized, oh, bringing somebody else's idea in too, the combination of, a, of two people is a completely different thing. Yeah, I thought it would stink. <laughs> because... Probably because I was just prideful or something. Yeah. But I realized it was the opposite of that. It was wonderful to write a song with someone else. And you become friends with that person and you have a horse in the race together. You know, if a song does something, well, then you have a partner. It's fun. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I couldn't have been more wrong. And... Uh, that was the first song that I, and I know that Alison Krauss recorded that song, although I've never heard the recording. Oh man, I bet you that sounds wonderful too. Yeah. So that's the story of don't you want to know me? And, and you know, the song is about 
um, wanting to be seen for who you are and learning in the past of, uh, you know, that certain things get can get in the way of somebody knowing you. And it's kind of from the voice of two people who've lived through um, relationships that didn't work and not wanting to do that again. Man, thank you so much for joining us on Neighborhood Night at KPIG tonight. We are fans. You have made us fans of Charlie Mars. I wish you all the luck in the world. Uh, hope we get you out here on the West Coast, and uh, and I hope you uh, don't aren't aren't snowed in too long. I hope that I am snowed in for too long. Oh, you well, that gives you the opportunity to just yeah, kick back, right? We don't get a lot of snow in Mississippi, so it's usually a hundred degrees, and we're all dying from mosquitoes—the <laughs> complete so, opposite, right? So I'm kind of relishing in it. Oh my uh, god, that's kind of neat. Yeah, that's what I mean. Again, I like your attitude. You're making the the best out of a situation. I love well, that. Well, I. Uh, maybe I'm just having a good night because I can be pretty sour sometimes. So I'm, <laughs> okay. maybe I'm putting on a I'm putting on a good show because I'm on the radio. I'm so I'm so happy we got to talk to you, man. Thank you so much, right. ladies and gentlemen. Charlie Mars, we've been talking to on KPIG here, and here is that song that we were just talking about. Don't you want to know me, KPIG Radio?
As always, thanks for listening to Pigs in a Podcast. And remember, you'll find the latest episodes posted weekly at kpig.com. You can also subscribe to the series for free in iTunes. And the latest episodes will be downloaded to your computer automatically. Thanks again, piggies.